Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. On today's episode, we're sitting down with Andrew B. Ryder, who's going to be talking about how you can build a content plan for your business that's built all around your strengths. If you're tired about generic swipe files, templates, content calendars that seem to bury um, pretty much everything unique about your own approach, and you want to actually do something that is easy to create and can actually get people learning more about what you do in your business... We're going to be talking about it today in this episode. It's a good one. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Talking today about content creation, really with your business, you know, on the journey of entrepreneurship, you've invariably thought about how do I create content in a compelling way? Maybe you've even sat in front of your computer and you've typed out a post or you've grabbed a picture and you've thought this is going to be a really great piece of information to share about my business and my expertise or you know, whatever two cents I want to offer. And Maybe you find yourself just stuck and staring at it, or maybe you've even woken up in the morning thinking, oh my gosh, I have no creative juices to actually create any kind of content that is compelling and most importantly, gets people looking at my business, maybe even buying from my business. Well, there is a better way to think about it. We're going to be talking about it today. I'm sitting down with Andrew Ryder. And Andrew's going to be sharing with us how you as an entrepreneur, how you can up-level your content creation game and create an engine that's consistent, it's reliable, and most importantly, keeps you from having to spend more time on creating content than actually running your business. Andrew, it's great to have you here today. Hey, Blake. Thanks a lot for having me. Well, I'm excited to uh, have you join us today. Give us, you know, I gave my spiel as to who you are. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah. Well, um, my name is Andrew Ryder. I, I work with Entrepreneurs, I, I like to say aspiring entrepreneurs, but not necessarily uh, folks who haven't started anything yet, but generally in that realm of getting started, aspiring to start a business in generally coaching or course businesses, online businesses, and really helping them to create better content. You know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were just chatting about content and and he said something I really liked. He said, content is king. And, you know, when you look around at, at all of the marketing messages and all of the content and everything that you're just being blasted with all the time, it's so important to have a message that resonates with people that stands out to them, that grabs their attention and you can you know you build your entire business around gathering people up casting a vision for them and leading them on that journey to solving whatever problems or or you know whatever it is that your business does for people mm -hmm. what does it look like for like the new entrepreneur to really i guess kind of find their voice 
Because I think we can all relate to that feeling of, okay, I, I want to create content. I want to be seen as credible, as an expert, as a thought leader, maybe. And you look at a sea of content that, you know, whether it's on social media or just even courses out there, and you see a lot of people who are in the room, so to speak. I mean, everyone's sort of sharing their perspective. How can the aspiring entrepreneur find their voice and really offer their own insights in a unique way? Yeah, when you talk about finding your voice, you know, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting idea and I'm not sure that the traditional advice around just post a bunch of stuff and and find your voice, right? It's usually this long iterative process which maybe is more along the lines of improving your your writing or your copywriting skill while you're simultaneously trying to hone in on what your market's problems are or how you can position yourself in the industry to um to have something that's unique right and, and i sort of think a lot about content from a uniqueness perspective um which we can we can get into that in a second but when it comes to you know finding your voice or finding your uniqueness you know a lot of people are looking for ways in which they can differentiate themselves and find their little niche, right? Break off their little piece of the market. And I think there's too much emphasis on finding it versus creating it mm. or building it. And what I mean by that is the most unique thing about your business, especially as a solo entrepreneur, is going to be you. It's going to be your experience your worldview your life you know everything that you're putting into this business and and people are buying you before they buy any of your products and services right they're they're following you as a person because they want to achieve whatever result it is that that you've achieved personally or that you have helped other people achieve they want to be more like you in that sense. So, you know, I think about uniqueness as more about what do you want it to be instead of where do you see a space in, in the market? And I think that makes it easier to sort of conceptualize and then to attack it as it's like, this is what I want to be known for. And so I'm going to start building the positioning or are going to start building the um, assets or whatever it is that I need to do to put myself in a position to become that segment of the market. The, you know, I, I think about, and I think a lot of people think about this, the person who's posting content and they're, they're showing up every day. Um, you know, maybe they're even in front of the camera and they seem very charismatic. They seem very confident they talk about their area of expertise like it's second nature. But I think many of us as, as aspiring entrepreneurs or those of us who maybe we've been, we're brand new at this game, it can be hard to find that confidence and really put yourself out there. Uh, especially like I think about myself, one of the first times I ever posted on social media, I immediately got a comment that was like, you should delete this. Like, this is awful. And I was like, oh man, wow, this is, this is not what I was expecting. So, so what's your encouragement for the aspiring entrepreneur to find that confidence and be willing to put themselves out there, even if it means uh, being vulnerable to some really harsh criticism? 
Yeah. You know, I heard this quote, I think it was a Joe Rogan episode or something a long time ago. And he said that Michael Jordan doesn't leave YouTube comments. They were talking about YouTube in particular, but the the sentiment is that your best clients, your like people who are really going to invest in your business, who are going to invest in their future, they're not going around and trolling you on the internet. They're just too busy doing things that actually matter. And, and I mean, maybe there is, you know, there's obviously a difference between someone who's trolling you and someone who has a valid criticism of, of your um, point of view or of your argument. So I guess I see it in that if someone's trolling you, you can just ignore them. I mean, it's difficult to do, but they weren't going to buy anything from you anyways. So you just don't have to waste any more time with that person. You can block (laughs) them. You can remove them from your list and you can focus more of your energy on people who are actually going to you know in, invest in your program invest in themselves they're going to want to achieve that future that that um you're after so i i see it as increasing the quality you know like you talk a lot about finding your raving thousand raving fans right that person is obviously not one of those people <laughs> is the way that <laughs> i look true. at it true. and if they have a valid criticism then that's great you know i I'm always interested in getting that feedback to try to break my understanding of something because when you break it, it allows you to understand it better, to improve what you do. And so if someone can give me feedback that breaks an aspect of what I do, then I can figure out how to improve it and make it that much better. Mm-hmm. And I so think you- that's a mindset that a lot of people struggle with is they don't want to like you don't want to post because you don't want to be wrong or you don't want to someone to see you being wrong because that's a failure, right? Or all of a sudden you're going to go viral and it's going to be so embarrassing and all of these negative things are going to happen because you posted something that was was maybe not your best work. Or even, you know, if, if I go back and look at things that I wrote a couple of years ago, I just think, wow, I... I've really come a long way. <laughs> That's the only way to put it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, well, you were going to say something well, there. Just, you know, speaking about, you know, you talk about posting a couple of years ago and thinking about coming a long way. I'm, I'm curious about your origin story and how you really got into this business because looking at some of your background information, graduated from Columbia uh, in 2015, a triple major in chemical engineering, applied physics, and chemistry. You're doing something totally different now. I mean, tell yeah. me, tell me about this. So I, you know, I started out and I had no idea that entrepreneurship even existed. And, um, I was first exposed to it, you know, I was commuting to my job, going back and forth, uh, before and after work. And I got so bored of just looking at Instagram memes and playing games on my phone that I finally decided that I was going to open a book. You know, I I just heard that I'd always been ambitious, always wanted to learn things, achieve things, you achieve more in my life. And I ended up cracking open Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, um, you know, that's a really popular book in the real estate space. It's not so popular in kind of the online business realm, really. But that book was my first exposure to, you know, I just didn't even know that 
you could do that with your life, that you could own a business, you could help people, you could make money doing it. And I, I mean, I knew that my company was owned by someone and there was a someone who started it and then yeah, you know, all of that, but it never really occurred to me that I could that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And after that, I I dove into the online business space and I really made every single mistake that you could possibly make. <laughs> And I just kind of learned things the hard way, <laughs> which is uh, not the not the most recommended route, <laughs> if I do say so myself. But you know, I uh, I made a lot of mistakes. I spent a lot of money, and I I learned a lot in the process. And to be fair, you know, I I did get taken advantage of. I did get ripped off. I did make stupid investments, but I wasn't really at the maturity level or the understanding level to really take advantage of a lot of the things that even the, even the gimmicky programs that the things that they talked about could have been more useful to me if I was in a different place mentally with how I wanted to run my business. You know, I, I just, I thought that what I wanted to do, which looking back was really dumb and it, just doesn't fit my personality at all. You know, I thought I wanted to start an online business like so many people do and, and make a bunch of money on autopilot and not really have to work at all. So I could just retire to like Hawaii or the Bahamas or something and have some Mai Tais and just relax and have an easy life. Right. And I think that would, you know, if I was ever able to have achieved that, I think it would have lasted for about a week before (laughs) I went absolutely crazy and realized I needed to build something. I needed to do something. And that's really valuable feedback for me because that's what I love doing. You know, the similarity between engineering and business is you're, you're building things. Sure. And, you know, whether you're building a wastewater treatment plant where you're moving water through pipelines and sizing pumps, or you're you know, building a business, you're building pipelines for customers or leads or what have you. There's a lot of similarities there. Mm. And that's what I love to do is I love to build things and I love to help other people build things. So I, you know, I guess to wrap up a little bit, close up this origin story, you know, I, I found that there's a lot of, there's really common advice online that you have to build a business in a certain way. You have to use a lot of sort of gimmicks and tactics and timers and webinars and clickbait email headlines. And there's this, all of these softwares and things that you have to do in order to be successful. And by trying to pursue all of those tactics and, you know, shiny objects, I really just, you know, the make money online industry is a misnomer. It's really the spend money online (laughs) industry. And that's exactly what I was doing. And I, I just felt like someone needed to speak up about these problems and these ethical dilemmas that we're facing in this industry. And I really waited for a long time for someone else to do it. And I thought, you know, oh yeah, somebody really needs to talk about marketing ethics or someone needs to, to demonstrate how you can 
do things in a different way. You don't have to be that sleazy salesman, sleazy marketer type of person in order to do business. And you know, after a while, I sort of realized that that was my message to share. You know, mm-hmm. the the reason why I kept noticing it and I kept having all of these different ideas and all of these uh, pieces of content that I wanted to write and and just I, ideas I wanted to tie together, books, you know, everything that I I saw was really it was something that was on my heart to share. Well, I mean, it's and it's all over social media today, the sort of slimy, gimmicky way to do business. And, you know, it's great the work that you're doing because I think so many new entrepreneurs are naive, not because they lack business acumen or because they're just, you know, stupid <laughs> for lack of a better term, but it, it almost feels like there's a a dialogue happening on social media that is so prolific, like so many people are engaging in it that the new entrepreneur, um, it's hard not to get swindled a bit, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, there's so, you know, you don't even notice any ethical marketing really at all on social media. All you see are the flashy gimmicky type things. And, you know, I almost wonder if there's, I almost wonder if you have to make that mistake at least one time to never make it again. You know, it's like (laughs) when you're a kid and yeah. And like, you know, your, your parents try to teach you things, but until you touch a hot stove for the first time, you don't actually know what a hot stove is and you only have to touch it once, you know, or in my case, I just kept touching it over and over again. And it took me a while to figure it out, but you know, I definitely see it in, in the way that you're describing where if we can set an example, if more people can show and demonstrate the value of ethical marketing, like it's, it's like Charlie Munger says, you know, he's Warren Buffett's business partner. He's a uh, famed investor. And he says that if the crooks only knew how well you could do by being ethical, none of them would be crooks. Mm. And uh, I think the focus on, and one of my biggest problems, the the focus is so short-term. It's so nearsighted. It's how do I make a 10, uh, a 10 K month, almost a 10 figure month. How do you, that would be nice, right? (laughs) How do I make a 10 K month next month, right? Or this month or next week. It's the time horizon is so short that with you, when, when all you're looking for is the next 30 days, ethics don't really matter. But when you're looking at a career, when you're looking Mm -hmm. at something you want to do for the long term, you care about how well your customers do with the program they just purchased from you. You care about whether or not it's even a good product for them to purchase at all. You care about continuing to help them on their journey on the next step and the step after that and and, getting them into continuity programs because you want them to stay with you forever. Those are the things that get lost. And that's what makes the slimy gimmicky marketing seem like it's seem like you have to do it because you're probably going to make a little bit more money in the short term. Mm 
But what you don't see is how many of those people then go out of business six months later because they don't, they're not actually running a sustainable business model. You know, they, they do all these huge launches and they pay huge uh, affiliate commissions. And then they, you know, it's not a great product. They get a bunch of refunds. They never follow up. They don't send emails. They don't help their customer consume the product. They don't offer them any, you know, there's no backend, right? right? It's all front end. And it's this huge facade of, massive front end to mask zero back end, right? And it's almost, um, you know, I, I was writing an article about this last week, but uh, there's been a lot of buzz lately um, online about the Wall Street Bets community. And I don't know if you follow any of this, but without getting into, you know, they are basically a community of average um average people who decided they wanted to go and make investments to that basically directly countered hedge funds and institutional investors and and try to make give them a run for their money basically and you know without diving into the investment strategy whether or not it's it's good or bad advice i couldn't tell you um but the the concept that they have called diamond hands is one of my favorite concepts it's basically they're going to so in the case of like GameStop was a stock that they bought, or um, AMC movie theaters was a stock that they bought. And their philosophy is they're going to buy it and they're never going to sell it. And it has nothing to do with the money. It has everything to do with the purpose behind why they're making the investment. Mm-hmm. You know, and the parallel is is almost one to one because everybody invests in stocks to make money, right? or to increase their wealth. But these people at Wall Street Bets are investing in something that they believe in, regardless of whether or not they're going to become millionaires tomorrow, or they're going to have this huge 10,000% return or, or whatever it is. And as a, as a business owner, you know you are investing in your business, you're investing in yourself, you're investing time, money, energy, everything into this business. You 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 want to have diamond hands. You don't want to just assume that you don't want to build up this huge facade of a front end only to have it come crashing down next month. You want to build a business that you can be in, that you can love and you can actually help people with for the long term, you know, as long as you can continue to do it. Yeah, it has a sustainability to it that I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I think a lot of times, not even people who are being sleazy marketers, but a lot of times we are so uh, passionate about that next day sale that we don't think about the business. You know, two, three, four months down the road. So obviously, you know, you're helping people with content and you're doing it in an ethical way. So I imagine you're not encouraging people to like, you know, go rent a Lamborghini and, you know, take a shot in front of that. Or I remember there was one guy who, uh, he, uh, took a picture in front of uh, this like amazing house and someone commented and was like, that house is beautiful. And he was like, oh yeah, it was for sale. I just, you know, I just walked up to the front and took my, took my photo as if it was mine. Um, cause that's a lot of what people are doing. So Talk to me a little bit more about you know some of the advice you're giving your people you're working with your customers, you know what's some of the insights you're sharing that's helping them take their content to the next level. 
So yeah, we mentioned earlier about uniqueness and, and that's really where I like to start with, with content creation, because there's been a, there's been a big push in the industry to systematize content creation, to make it a step-by-step process that anyone can follow. And I, I believe this was with good intentions to do this, to make it so that anyone can have a step-by-step, here's what you post on Monday, here's what you post on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? You just follow this, it'll get you through the next 30 days and it'll get you ramped up to a launch. And you just insert a little bit of your own uh, sort of personal flair and your own, you know, your, your market's pain points, that kind of thing. And as a result of that, so many people are writing content that is almost completely undifferentiated from everyone else in their space. You know, I've gone on Instagram before and I've seen people, you can tell what programs they've taken, what courses they've taken just by reading their content. Mm. And you can, you know, maybe like I'm thinking of a couple of examples in particular where I've seen a template pretty close to what the template was from a course that I took at one point. And that's not, you know, that's like the exact opposite of what you want to do with your content. There's so many marketing messages out there. I think I read that we're being bombarded with over 3000 marketing messages per day. Um, and maybe it's not a hard sales pitch. Maybe it's just content or what have you, but someone somewhere is trying to get you to watch something or read something 3000 times a day. And it's just way too much to even fathom. You know, when, when you're scrolling through your Instagram or your YouTube or your Twitter or, or whatever, most of it is just, you're not even seeing it. Um, the right. analogy I like to use is, um, couple years ago now I was driving in, uh, just driving around. I don't even remember where I was going, pulled up to a stoplight next to a Range Rover. And I thought, huh, you know, I never see Range Rovers though. Like that's not a car that I would personally drive. I just, it seems too expensive and I don't really like the looks of it. And so I thought that to myself and I thought, you know, I guess most people must agree with me because I never see any Range Rovers. Right. Every time I drive, almost every day since then, I see a Range Rover. And it's not because they all of a sudden just started showing up. (laughs) They were there the whole time. It was just there was never any reason to notice them because I see thousands and thousands of cars every time I go drive. And my brain just doesn't have the capacity for all of that information. And so it simplifies everything down. And so when people are looking at your feed, they don't see the Range Rover. They don't see your content at all. It's not that, you know, when you're just getting started, it's easy to think that you, know, you post something and you don't get the engagement that you want, or you don't, your people don't just start flocking in and you think, oh, I must be bad at writing. Like maybe I'm not cut out for this whole business thing after all, but nobody even sees it. And it's not that they're not being shown it. You know, you, you see that you get, you know, impressions or you get views or whatever, but there's a difference between seeing it and, and actually getting it in your head Mm -hmm. that the person is engaging with your 
whatever type of content you're producing and not engaging in a sense of like likes or, or whatever, but they're actually engaged in the traditional meaning of the word in that they're listening to the words that you're speaking or they're thinking about the ideas that you're presenting. Yeah. And it does seem like that engagement beyond like the vanity metrics is like where the rubber meets the road. Like when people are actually listening to your brand and they're seeing you as credible. I mean, that's, that's really the value that I think we're all trying to do. Right. Um, Andrew, we're running out of time. Tell me, give me one of your, your, your best tips for how someone can actually start to connect in that way. I mean, is it, is it through video content? Is it through, cause I, I know some of my listeners are thinking right now, yes, I want that, mm-hmm. but how? How do I, how do I connect? How do I do that? Um, and I'm not that I want you to give away the whole, you know, the sauce for sure. free, but you know, what's, what's the easiest way for someone to start making headway in that way? So I'll say a couple of things. Um, tell stories. There's already enough tips. There's already enough three ways to write better headlines, 17 ways to get a six pack abs. Google, you know, people can Google things, tell stories, tell interesting stories that inspire people that motivate them to solve their problem or change the way that they think about the problem that they have. A lot of times people won't even consider that they have a problem, but they don't understand that they have a problem or they don't understand how that problem relates to what you do. So by telling stories, you know, humans are so innately designed to communicate via storytelling and not via data dumps. Mm. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, like I've tried telling my story. I've tried doing, you know, I was here and then I had this problem and your, your story is great and it has a place, but I mean, for me, I just talk about things that I see, TV shows that I watch, stuff that happens in my life. I, everything that I do, everything that happens to me, I view it in the lens of how can I make this a lesson about online business, about marketing, about storytelling, about content creation. And you know, anyone can do that. I think people get hung up on the idea of like, I don't have any content to write. I don't have any like good ideas, but really the problem is you're not looking for them. Mm. One of the worst mistakes you can make is to sit down to write or to record and not have an idea ready to go. Um, Because you sit down and you're like, okay, now what? Like (laughs) cue good idea. And, And it's like thinking of an idea and then writing about it are two different things. Just like editing is completely different from writing. That's another thing that people struggle with is they start to write and they're like, oh, that's not very good. And they start editing as they're writing. You want to just write as fast as you can. When you sit down to write, it's writing only. The don't even, your backspace, backspace key on your keyboard doesn't exist. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was like, you, you're in that rut or you, you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like writing the easiest way to get over that is just to start writing and you'll write for five or 10 minutes and it'll be complete garbage and you can throw it all away. But it's such a momentum based habit that once you start to do it, you'll get in the zone 
you'll build that momentum. But if you talk yourself out of it, if you say, ah, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, I don't feel like writing today. Tomorrow you're going to feel worse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just going to cycle downward. So I've touched on trying to give as many tips as I can no, here in great. the short time we have. Oh, yeah. Tell stories, come up with your ideas ahead of time, um, separate, separate. So separate your idea generation from your storytelling, from your writing, from your editing process and, and be consistent with it. I try to do it every single day. Yep. No, it's great advice. And I think it's, it's practical advice that I think all of us can actually take and apply. Andrew, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Content is something that I think is really, um, we get really tense about because it's, it's daunting in many cases. So it's incredibly valuable having your perspective. For people who are listening, who want to connect with you and pick your brain and maybe even work with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, the best way to find me is at andrewbrider.com. I've got a whole bunch of free training there about content creation that yeah, I would really give you everything you need to know to get in and start being consistent with it, start generating some cool stories, some unique ideas. And uh, you can also sign up for my daily newsletter that I write. Uh, it's an email newsletter and it's just more case studies, more opportunities to change your mind you know, more opportunities to break the way that you think about something like we were talking about earlier so that you can build it back better and improve your business. Mm. Andrew, it was great having you on the podcast today. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, Blake, thank you so much for having me. Hey, for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Keep getting good advice wherever you are. And I'm going to actually put uh, Andrew's contact for his website. That's going to be down in the episode description below, andrewbrider.com. That's writer with a Y. And again, it'll be down in the episode description below. Hey, if you love the podcast, don't forget you can support the podcast. You can buy me a cup of coffee at patreon.com slash good advice. You can even get your business advertised in the introduction of a podcast episode. Again, that's on patreon.com slash good advice. And as always, we appreciate your support. It goes a long way. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.